Hey, welcome to episode two of what is past is prologue. I'm the past, better known as Mike McLaughlin or dad. And my co-host is the prologue, the eldest daughter, also known as Paige. (laughs) So on this show, we're going to take everyday, usually nerdy things that we both enjoy and we just chat about them. We think that there are people out there that would like to get the differing age group point of view on these things, so we want to share that with you. Um, For those of you that are adverse to spoilers, though, in any form whatsoever, this podcast probably isn't going to be for you. We're not going to spoil anything really, really new, and we're going to try and avoid super huge plot points. Right, for sure. So, um, you know, if there's a movie that's still out in the theaters... We're not going to spoil that for anybody or give away the score of the last Blues game if they ever play again. Which, which would be nice. We'd like hockey to come back. But if it's more than a month or so old, unless it's really popular, like Game of Thrones was, we'd give it like three months maybe. But if it's older than that, it's fair game. Yeah, I was ready to strangle your mother on Game of Thrones because she had read the books and I hadn't. And until Game of Thrones got past where the books were, I was ready to kill her because she just couldn't keep her mouth shut. She's very, she spoiled things for me on Game of Thrones, too. We won't talk about it. It's fine. So, what are we on about, then? Uh, we're going to talk about one of our shared favorite book series today, I believe. Oh, Mercy Thompson series. Sure. So, uh, any particular book? Nope. We're going to do the series as a whole, because unless we did just the first book in the series, I don't think it would All be right. appropriate to just do a single book review. Okay, sure. So, um... I guess first we should probably then talk about what the Mercy Thompson series is. I think you're right. I think for those of you, because it's a bit more obscure in terms of popular fantasy novels. Sure. Uh, And fantasy. So let's define that, the genre. It's actually urban fantasy. Yes. And that Uh, is different from high fantasy. There are two subsections of fantasy. High fantasy is think Lord of the Rings, think your elves, think your dwarves, think your castles and your big sorcerers and magic spells. Urban fantasy is like... Your vampires, your werewolves, your Twilight era type oh, things. Oh, and, and you had to say Twilight, but uh, but more a lot of times even set in like present day. Yes, and yes, present day is also kind of key. It could you there could be a see the vampires living down your street type deal. So, uh, and the main character Mercy Thompson is uh, what they call a um, coyote avatar or shapeshifter who uh, basically has the ability to shapeshift into a coyote and uh, lives amongst werewolves. Which is obviously creating an interesting dynamic because it's not quite the same as, you know, painful every moon werewolf shifting. It's a bit different. So that's kind of the uh, the general premise. Uh, Mercy is a um, VW mechanic. Yes. And um, a history major that... Um, uh, didn't end up teaching um, and uh, became apprenticed to a fae named, uh, you just call him Z, but it, I, I believe it's pronounced Zebalt Adelbert Schmeider. Don't ask me to say the last name. I can kind of butcher the first name, but I'm just going to call him Z. Schmeider is uh, Smiter, so uh, Very smites Adelberts. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, also... Uh, the author, Patricia Briggs, um, she has created this whole mercy verse um, with 12 
that's right. Yes. As of the last as release. As of the last release, the main series has 12. So 12 books in the main series, six or five full books, and a novella in her Alpha and Omega series, which is set in the same Mercyverse. Yes, just with different main characters. Uh, and we have had some character crossover. Yes, and we saw a lot of characters in Alpha and Omega first in the Mercy Thompson series, because it was first. So full disclosure, uh, I prefer the Mercy Thompson books. As do I, as a whole. We agree they are better. The Alpha and Omega books are still very good. Yeah, they are. So um, so um, the general premise of the books is that Mercy lives in Seattle, or the or Washington, yeah, not tri- in Seattle. the tri-state area. Right, so, um, and uh, the main werewolf pack there is... Um, the alpha of that pack is named Adam, Adam Hauptman. Yes. And um, there are obviously werewolves underneath him in that pack organization. And then he reports directly to the Maroc, who is um, Bran, uh, who... Um, he leads all the North American right, werewolves. Right, all He's the North American like werewolves. like werewolf god. Yeah. And... Um, Werewolves are essentially immortal. Um, if, if they're not killed... Which they can be. They're not unkillable like they might be in some other media. They, are, you, they can be killed. And the, and the older they are, um, the more powerful they are. And also, the, uh, in a lot of cases, the more unstable they are. You imagine living for, you know, three centuries or longer even. That's long enough. Some sure. of them are older than that. Uh, so the main characters in the in the series, obviously, Mercy Thompson is uh, our Bilbo Baggins yes. um, from very apt reference. Yeah, so we see the world uh, that uh, Patricia Briggs has created through her eyes uh, and learn about it through her uh, adventures. For the most part, there are a few instances in um, in the Mercy books where we will get someone else's perspective. Yes. But for but that's the mo- only twice, I think, right? In almost, two, in two books. Right? Almost one entire book, and yes. then small sections of another book, I, I think. I should specify two books, not just two instances in right. which it happens. So, um, and, uh, of course, Adam is, as the alpha, he is also a very prominent character. Uh, Mercy knows a vampire named Stefan, who we all love. Yes, Stefan's great. We love um, him. And, uh, and then... Um, Brand's son Samuel uh, also features, especially into the early books. Um, uh, we uh, we don't see Charles, his other son, quite so much in these, but Charles is one of the main characters of the Alpha and Omega series. Yes, so, there are two in that series, hence the Alpha and Omega, so they're right involved. Um, okay, so you're going to school to be a writer. I am. I am actually going as a creative writing major, and I am a theater design production and film studies minor, so I'm basically the biggest entertainment junkie you can be with a degree. And hoping you can make a dollar. Yes. <laughs> it actually, I don't think it'll be that difficult. I've My school's pretty good about getting people jobs after college. I can always write novels on the side with whatever else I do. Everyone needs people who can well, write. Well, you'll at least sell one. I'll read it. There you go. Um, but, so... Since you're more into that field, tell me what your impression of Briggs' writing is. I think especially when it comes to the characters and the actual world building of her stories, she does a fantastic job. There's, even in the first book, 
It's one of the few Mercyverse books I think could technically stand alone, but you learn it's such a confined area for the Mercy Thompson books for the most part. It's just this area where they live in up mm. in Washington. In it's not, it's not yeah. really that big of an area for the most of the time. And you still feel like this world is so expansive. You're like, oh yes, there's things beyond the tri-state area, and there's they they sound very interesting. But what really makes this series great are the characters, and there are a lot of them, and it's hard to juggle that many sometimes. But I think for the most part, not always, and we might talk about that a little later, I think they get the appropriate amount of quote-unquote screen time. I think my only real issue sometimes is the pacing, but... It's not the series as a whole that bothers me. It's more individual books. And and pacing is a relative thing. Yes. If you have a, one book to start and finish a story, some of it's got to be fast just by nature because you've got to lay the groundwork quick and then get into the meat of the story. And Yeah, but, and, that, yeah, and that's different, but in a series like this. Where it's so many books, yes. you know, it, the author it, can take their time. Yes, it's a bit more noticeable that way. So... Um, we consume these books differently. Yes, we very much do. Um, you read them all, and I listen to the audiobooks. Yes. And the audiobooks are narrated by Lorelai King, who is an amazing uh, narrator. She does a great job. Uh, I can identify every character's voice uniquely the way that she does it. It's, it's really incredible. I will say this for audio versions, though, for anyone... Thinking about moving over to audiobooks, um, a really super narrator can elevate a book. It can't make a rotten book awesome, but they can make it better. But a bad narrator can take a really great book and make it garbage. And that's my biggest problem with audiobooks is because that especially, and for fantasy books especially, when setting like up world building, setting up those characters and the magic and all that stuff in that world, it has to be interesting because there's a lot of info dumps a lot of the time. And if you have a bad narrator, that's a big problem. But my other big problem is also, I feel like if there's a narrator, it's not just you in your own head. They, The way they present characters, there's a certain tone to everything, and it kind of gives you an idea of how to feel rather than making your own conclusions about a certain scene. So you want you want that um, freedom in your head to, yes. to make up your own mind like about it. I like the interpretation aspect of reading a physical book. And I'm a big kid. I like being read, too. So, Nothing wrong with that. Well, and the other thing, too, is I'm making better use of my commute time. I mean, I've got yeah. an hour and a half every time that I run to my job, and so um, it's... Uh, it's better use of my time if I'm sitting there consuming a book instead of just watching for traffic. I'll say, you can listen to music or you can listen to a book or a podcast or whatever. Nothing yeah, wrong with there that. you go. You listen, listen to our to podcast. podcast yeah. you drive. <laughs> so, um, so you, you said you were going to talk about pacing. Yes. Uh, overall, since there are so many books, I am going to say it's overall pretty decent. I don't have that many problems with the series as a whole. There are very specific books that I could talk about, but just know that you will notice it in the grand scheme of things. You'll be like, yeah, overall, this is paced out really well. There's a bit of a lull here, but it's not bad enough to make me want to stop reading. It's just, hey, normally you do such a good job. Here's where it could use some market improvement. Okay. Um, How about any weaknesses uh, or even strengths in the stories or the writing? Um, I'll start with weaknesses, since we're already kind of talking about that. 
this series has the tendency to retread over things that it doesn't need to retread as much as it does. Sometimes, sometimes it's fine. If you do it once or twice, okay. If it's been a few books, it's like, oh yeah, this happened. That's cool. It's nice to get a little throwback. Sometimes they do it too much. It's it's especially in this mo- in the most recent Mercy book, Smoke Bitten. It became really noticeable for me in the first half. I was like, we've kind of been over this. And that's so I can understand again if you're uh, if you're just on book one, you want to really drive some things home. Okay, you know uh, you say it over and over, but nobody is starting this series with book 12 or if they are, they're idiots. I hope not. God, they'll be missing everything. Right. So if people who are, are invested enough in this series to start at book one and be on book 12, they already know what they need to know. This doesn't have to be crammed down their throat again, or at least not as much as it is. If you need a small, it's like, Hey, this new thing, we haven't learned about them before. It's like, but we know this character from before. Like, that's fine. But sometimes I'm like, okay, I knew that. So, um, but I will say this, um, in, uh, in the books, werewolves are very difficult to lie to. Yes. Uh, they can just, they, they can smell a lie. And, um, so, um, Mercy has had to very uh, quickly learn to be evasive. You have to tell the truth, but in such a way that it sounds like, you know, what you're, the point you're trying to make without actually telling a lie. And I actually think that's pretty cool. And that uh, Patricia Briggs, you know, they'll use the term not lying. Um, She'll um, kind of leave things open-ended, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. She'll lead you right up to where most authors would then continue and describe the happy thing or the really terrible thing in detail. But then she'll almost draw the curtain down and let you fill in those details for yourself. I like that. Yeah, and that's that's a good strength. for. Like, I think she's also very good. Yes, she'll leave things open to interpretation. But since this is a big series, because she can leave things open to interpretation in a certain book... She's good at following through on those things also in later books. I think this is made very clear in books four and five of the or main series. There, Without going into huge spoiler territory, there's a book that is brought up at one point, I believe, in the third book. And you don't hear anything about it through the fourth book, but then in the fifth book it shows up again. I'm like, oh... This was kind of left open to interpretation. What happened? Now it's coming back into play. Yeah, she leaves a lot of threads, and then you don't ever know which one's going to get pulled on. Which is good in a series like this to have that many threads because there's so many books. So um, let's talk about continuity issues. I know you have a huge one. Yes. It's not really the Mercy books, but it's the Mercy verse. Yes. And the sad part about it is it affects the entire... It's not just the Alpha and Omega series. It literally the entire Mercy Thompson series... It is in the most recent Alpha and Omega book, Burn Bright, and it is, I can't say what it is because it's just such a huge spoiler, but if it's almost a, if you're a more casual reader, or maybe even if you're a listener, because it's just a normal, like, dialogue, or normal, quote-unquote, it's a dialogue moment that if you don't pay enough attention to, it's blink and you'll miss it. And I did. Yeah. Until you pointed it out to me. Yes, and now it, I can't read that book without it bothering me and i may and i actually read somewhere online like someone listed all the instances in which this was shown to pretty much decidedly not be true 
and that this just completely contradicts it. And it bothers me a lot, which is too bad, because other than that, I like Burn Bright as a book a lot. It's one of my favorite in the Alpha and Omega series. I think it's, I have it in my top three, but it, it just kind of makes you reevaluate the whole series a bit. Okay. Um, so, obviously, like we said, Urban Fantasy series. What was your first experience with Urban Fantasy? I know what mine was. Um, I actually had to think about this for a while because I've read quite a few urban fantasies, especially when I started high school. But um, for those of you who've heard of Sherilyn Kenyon, she's a fairly prolific fantasy author to the best of my knowledge. I apologize if none of you have ever heard of her ever, but um, her Chronicles of Nick series was my first foray into it. And there are eight books. I actually only read the first five. I kind of fell out of them when my book pantheon grew because I was so busy reading other things. But I will get back to them someday and reread them. They are very, very good books. And my first big foray into this was The Hollows series by Kim Harrison, which is another great urban fantasy series. Um, I wish I could get you to read it. Um, uh, Rachel Morgan is the is the main character in that. Uh, that one's read by Marguerite Gavin, if you're uh, on the audiobook side of things. Uh, she also does a really good job with the series. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that they had her for like, I don't know, like three or four books, and then they replaced her, and there was such a huge outcry that they got her back for the rest of the series. Which I thought was great. I um, love when fans but, stuff um, like that. And, but it was very similar. This was uh, Those books were set in Cincinnati, and um, it was very much, you know, elves and pixies and that sort of thing were were coming back into the human eye. They'd always been there, but now they were kind of revealing themselves. So that was, uh, that was kind of cool. But I did, while I was in the middle of these, get recommended by Audible. Hey, if you like this, you might like this. And it was Burn Bright. Not Burn yeah, Bright, Fire it was Touched. Fire Touched. And it was, uh, hey, you might like this, but it, that was book nine. I'm like, I ain't starting with book nine. So I went back and I read Moon Called, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't touch another Rachel Morgan book until I'd caught up with so uh, Mercy Thompson. Right, is yep. what we're hearing. Yep. You should they listen were, to Audible. Yeah, at least, what you want. They were at least right that time. So, um, All right, so how about let's talk about our favorite main characters. Or, um, you know, I don't know how far down the ladder we go with that, but who, who's your favorite main? Okay. Uh, we talked about him a little bit already. Uh, Stefan is my favorite. The, Stefan's a good uh, character. He's a Scooby-Doo obsessed vampire. And that's all you need to know to love him already. Right. Like half of you were like, all right, I'm on board with him already. Yeah. But he's honestly just, he makes a big prominent appearance in a lot of the books, but even when he does it and he's just more of a background character, I'm like, Hey, I want to know what Stefan's up to. So uh, when you say Scooby-Doo obsessed vampire, he literally drives a van around that's painted like the mystery machine. And he has a stuffed Scooby. And he has a stuffed Scooby that rides shotgun with him. He is the biggest (laughs) Scooby nerd. In existence, I think. So, uh, yeah, that's some great stuff. Um, so, my favorite main character is Warren. Yes. Oh, my God. He's also in my top three. I remember I was a little surprised when you told me that the first time. I was like, really? I don't think I would have guessed that, but I, it makes sense. Um, so, um, in the hierarchy of the werewolves, there's the alpha, and then each werewolf knows kind of their general overall place in the pack based on their relative power. Um Warren is third in Adam's pack, although um, he is actually probably, uh, we're kind of led to believe anyway, much more powerful even than Adam's second. 
And uh, the reason he is not in that position is because he is a homosexual. And uh, since werewolves are so long lived, there's still a real, um, you know, discrimination towards that sort of lifestyle. And, uh, you know, Warren and Adam are both smart enough to know that uh, to keep this on a back burner, that uh, Warren needs to be placed lower in the pack. And it doesn't seem to bother Warren. Uh, but that's not really why I like him as a character. I like him as a character because he is so completely devoted to his friends. He, If he has your back, he has your back. And Mercy's very much that way. Which is why they're good friends. Which is why they they're good friends. Their, yeah. like, when they're on screen, quote-unquote, on screen together, they you can tell it's like, yes, they have this in common. Right. And but that's uh, and I think that's a, that rings with me. If uh, if somebody has my back, I want them to have my back the whole time, not just when it's convenient. Yes. And Warren is very much even when it's inconvenient, especially when it's inconvenient. I'm here for you, guy. Yeah, and I think we also agree that as much as he appreciates and respects and is loyal to Adam, if it was between Mercy and Adam, and he had to fight one of them oh, for the yeah. other. He would pick Mercy in a heartbeat. I think so, too. As uh, much as he cares about Adam. And and uh, and not just cares about Adam, but like you said, respects him because uh, most of the alphas that he had been under before just treated him with such disdain or even cruelty. And Adam has been just very cool about his whole lifestyle and do- doesn't care. You know, if you if you're an asset, you're an asset, and if you're not, you're not. And Warren's an asset. Of course, I mean, there's <clears throat> almost no reason aside from their prejudices that you wouldn't want someone like Warren in your pack because he, like we kind of talked about, he doesn't really have any desire to take over. He's perfectly content to be second or third or hell, maybe even lower if he just wants somewhere to belong, to be loyal to. Yeah. So, um, how about your your least favorite character? This was hard because I don't think I necessarily have a character that I actively dislike, even if they're evil or whatever. But someone who I think has been shoehorned in a little too much, especially in more recent books, is one of the pack members. Her name is Mary Jo. Okay. I think my biggest... Mary Jo's a firefighter. Paramedic. Paramedic. Yes. Okay. And um, she is... Again, she's a very good character. She's actually fairly well-rounded for being a fairly newer addition to more of the main stage light. But I think that there are certain scenes that have her that would be just as well filled by another character that I would rather see. And Different pack member? Yeah. It, it, honestly, I, it, it, it doesn't even have to be a pack member. It could be just one of our other more main side characters or something. And I think that she's been a little too shoved into the limelight these past few. Maybe they're building up to something with her, but I don't really think they are. So it's like, why not add someone in there who maybe we care about slightly more? Well, I would tell you what my theory is on her, but that would be... Well, you know, it wouldn't be a spoiler because it hasn't happened. But would it reveal something about her that has happened? Yeah, it might. All right. I'll just shut up. So uh, how about... Uh, so for me, um, Samuel, yeah. Brand's uh, first son. Yeah, I, uh, I don't quite agree with that, but tell me your reasoning. Okay, so uh, I am I'm actually glad because in the in the beginning he was he was a big part of the series, and he has since tapered off to be almost a footnote in the series. There will be maybe a phone conversation or something with him, 
uh, here and there, but for the most part, he's out of the picture now, and I'm perfectly happy for that to be the case. I think he belongs in the Alpha and Omega series more than he belongs in the Mercy series. And I agree that, especially where we're at in the overall storyline, he belongs in the Alpha and Omega series more, but he hasn't shown up enough in that, A. And B, I talked about Mary Jo being shoehorned in a little too much. He's not being shoehorned in enough, I don't think, okay. especially yeah. for how big a part he had in the early, earlier on. And it just doesn't, let, especially with the way after he started to become a footnote, like his last really big moments before he became more of a footnote. It's like, that was kind of a big deal. And then we just don't really hear from him again. And I'm like, wait a minute. Shouldn't there be a little like, Hey, here's a little bit of a Samuel. He doesn't have to be a main character anymore. I'm fine with that, but I don't see him enough. And I liked him enough when he was around that. I would like to see him again more than someone like Mary Jo. Okay. Um, so let's talk about background characters. Um, you know, characters that we see often enough to know names, but maybe not play huge parts of the plot all the time. Uh, who's your favorite? I had, I wrote down five names before I picked this one, <laughs> but it's, um, his name is a seal. He's in Bran, the Morocco's pack of wolves. And, but, and it should be said that Bran's pack is full of wolves that are so unstable or dangerous that, uh, other alphas may not be able to control them, and that's why they're with him. And a seal is a poster child for instability. He is very volatile. <laughs> but before I get more into a seal, I also have to mention Kyle Brooks, Warren's boyfriend. He is amazing. He's got some Kyle. great character moments, yeah. and that's all I got to say. But as far as a seal goes, I like that even though he is more Alpha and Omega series because that deals more with Brand's pack because uh, the main character is also part of Brand's pack. He When he shows up, or I don't remember if he's showed up once or twice in the main series. Uh, at least once. Yes, I remember once. I, and I, I know specifically that he was at the church. Yes. So, yeah, at least once. And I think it's been maybe more than that. Yeah. But and he he never feels out of character to me, which I was a little worried about when I, because I actually read the book he was in in the Mercy Thompson series before I read him in Alpha and Omega, and he felt the exact same, but he was actually in his own element. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't think that was going to work out as well as it did, because I loved him in the original series when I had no idea who he was. So and, they call a seal the more, yes. and, and, and again, as werewolves get older, they get more powerful, and a seal is very old he's Um, he's very powerful and very powerful and he is also because as they age like that they become uh, some of them at least um become more unstable at least they become more prone to it and a seal is definitely he's a bit unhinged and that's kind of what i like about him is because he manages to be a likable character while also not really always doing what you predict someone like him to do um for me um, I'm going to say my favorite background character used to be Bran. I found him very interesting. I liked the the legend of the Maroc, but um, as of book ten, yes, sounds it old. became Larry the Goblin King. And we can't talk about him because he's so far in the series, and it would be spoilers and stuff. But Larry is great. He's actually wonderful for a character who showed up so recently. I want more of him pretty yeah. much all the time. 
So uh, he's all of the all of the page time that he gets is quality. Um, I, I, every time that every time that he shows up in a story, it just brings a smile to my face. So. He grabs your attention and keeps it, which is something that this series is not in short supply of. But it's always nice to see another one. Um, all right, so let's talk about the main character, Mercy Thompson. Um, so best and worst parts of her character. Okay, so I think this kind of goes. I'm going to start with worst. I talked about, uh, as far as weaknesses in like the story and writing goes, they have a tendency to retread a lot of things. They do a little bit with her character as well, specifically when it comes to her jealousy over Adam has an ex-wife. Yep. Her name is Christy. They retread that kind of ground a little too often for me and I've noticed it's not as prominent with other aspects of her character but it's like I feel like she doesn't evolve enough sometimes I think yes I like that she's consistent in her character but with so many of the things that have happened over the course of this series you would think that more petty concerns like that jealousy towards Christy would maybe kind of ease off yeah, yeah move on like if you still want Christy herself to be a bitch about it, fine. But and she is, and she is, and she really but is. Mercy herself, after everything in the series, it's like, can we move on from this and maybe find other issues amongst the people you're with? To I kind mean, of focus we've on? we've literally had a volcano got involved <laughs> and that sort of thing. I I think it's run its course. We're ready for something. We're ready for more. If you want to still do like interpersonal relation problems, fine. I don't necessarily think that's the right you should go, but fine. But maybe move on from Christy a little bit. So my, um, I would say that one of my least favorite things actually started out being one of my favorite things. Uh, just like um, Tolkien when he showed us Middle Earth through Bilbo's eyes, that's what Patricia Briggs really does with Mercy Thompson. And we are dependent as readers or listeners to, um, on, on her perceptions on things. We learn about stuff through her and she is a history major. She she has a history degree and a lot of our knowledge when she would run up against something that none of the readers knew anything about. Oh, she knew about because of her history degree in the beginning. That was beneficial. I'm ready for that to start thinning out now. And that's, again, kind of the, there's too much retreading happening like this. All right, we've already established this is part of her character. This is the reason why. She grew up with Bran. Yes. The leader of the werewolves. (laughs) Who's been around forever. She, literally the only explanation you would ever need to give for why she knows things is that A, she was raised by Bran freaking Kornick, and B, that she's best friends with like one of the most powerful fae in existence. Yes. It's like, okay, great. These are two of her best people. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. And she lives near, like, this whole other pack of werewolves and in this place where there are vampires and fate. Like, just living around this and being as smart as you are, you don't need the history degree reason. I don't understand that. I, like, I get the, like, backstory and, like, like you said, in the first book it was fine. But after every, again, after everything you've been through, this should not be the reason why. Um, so... My favorite part about Mercy, though, she's a very strong uh, character in the book, and she is, as I said with Warren, 
fiercely loyal to what she considers hers, whether that's pack members, whether that's friends, whether that's, it doesn't matter if, um, you know, she's, she's just that kind of person. And again, I'm, I guess I'm drawn to that. So, um, that's probably my favorite part about her. I also agree with some of that. I think my favorite part about her though, is that she's willing to do what's right in the moment and deal with the ramifications. She is stubborn. She will stick to her choices. She'll be like, Hey, here's the fallout from this. We have to deal with it now. And yes, it might be difficult or she might be like, eh, it's like, oh, babe, I really wish we didn't have to deal with this right now. But she's still going to deal with it. Um, especially, I won't say what happens in Fire Touched, but a f- quite a few things yes. that n- there's fallout from. And she needs to go and, you know, face the consequences of that. Yeah. And they've been... Uh, coming hard and fast since yeah. Fire Touch too. Yes, they have. So not fast enough. I would like to two book two books a year, but uh, if if she puts out one a year and it's quality, I'll deal. Um, okay. So speaking of the books, let's talk about uh, favorite book and why. Well, we both have the same favorite. It's it's Fire Touch. It is Fire Touch. Okay. is easily All right. the best. I'm That's sorry. right. So let's talk about our second favorite book in the <laughs> series. Um. So. We have very differing opinions on this. It's for similar reasons, but kind of inverse. So my second favorite book is book seven in the main series, which is Frostburned. Frostburned. And and that's one of my least favorite ones. And the reason I enjoy Frostburned so much is because so many, almost all of, especially the main characters, like that aren't necessarily part of the pack even, they come together in this book and they interact with each other and the situation they're in so, so well. And it's just mind-boggling to me that sometimes, like, it's like, oh, this person has their great moment and they have their great moment. Like, sometimes it's like the first thing I will remember about a certain, especially more side characters, is something they did in Frostburn because it was so memorable how they all interacted off each other. And that's... Very, very good. So I will give Frostburn that, that it, so I I read a series uh, by Piers Anthony called The Incarnations of Immortality. It's a great series. Um, Book one was about the incarnation of death and book two was about time. I almost didn't finish the series because I almost couldn't get through book two. But so many important things happened in book two, it made the rest of the series much, much better. And And really Frostburn Frostburn did, I, I will give it, I will give it that. Here's what ticked me off. They started it off with such a great premise, and then halfway through the book, it just went away. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. The whole book should have been that way. And I agree that that's good. But see, I did, I also like the second half of the book because really big things happened there, too. It just wasn't the same story as the first half, and that was fine by me because they juggled them both fairly well. And I think we agree on this, too, that Silence Fallen became the whole book that Frostburn could have been. Yes, and Silence Fallen did that better. And so Silence I, Fallen was a great book. Silence Fallen is still in my top five. I love Silence Fallen. So uh, that was book ten, where yes. Larry showed up. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. So, um, all right, how about least favorite book? Ooh, least favorite Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, I was going to say. Or do you go. just want me to do, do I both? Go? No, no, no it's, you can do both. That's fine. Okay, great. We're doing the great, guys. Um, so... I'm going to list two here because 
the drop off from book 16 to book 16 sorry book 17 and 18 is fairly substantial they're all good books none of these books are bad so you're lumping alpha and omega in with these yes i do the whole series ranking all right but as far as the regular Mercy Thompson book series goes, it's Iron Kissed. And then Dead Heat from Alpha and Omega is right there, too. They are both not... Nece- they're kind of like those lulls, almost, that I was talking about earlier. I think some parts of them are way too slow, and some of them are way too fast. Okay. Um, so, yeah, obviously... Um Fire Touched is my favorite. My second favorite is one that you don't necessarily care quite as much about, and that is Rivermarked. Uh, I really flip back and forth uh, Silence Fallen and Rivermarked. That's really fair. Um, but um, And I th- Rivermarked, uh, for me, it was a lot of characters coming together, good interaction, and, but then it became just Mercy and a couple of other characters. But she learned a ton about her nature and what she was and that sort of thing. And that was a, so that was a big book for me. And that's honestly the big strength of the book is that it's of all the books, it's more Mercy's book. But it wasn't the, it wasn't what you're talking about with Frostburn where it brought a bunch of people together. And that's why it was just Mercy and a couple of supporting And that's one of the big strengths for me is how they are as an ensemble. And I think that's why Rivermarked kind of fell a little flat for me. So, um, I won't say Frostburn is my least favorite. And when I say least favorite, they're all good. Yes. Um, I'm going to probably say Bloodbound. And that's so surprising to me. <laughs> I, I just, that's, oh, I love Bloodbound. I think it's great. So Bloodbound's book two. And I really think the reason that I didn't get into it as much was because Mooncalled, the first book, was so good. And I was expecting to carry on with that momentum and it was a good book, but it just didn't raise the bar. And I'm like, oh, I was a little disappointed. And I agree with that to some extent. Moon called is the better book of the two. Yes. I will never deny that moon called is pretty solid start to any fantasy series you could ever want. But the thing that, and I don't think I would have Bloodbound as high on my list as I do, but Bloodbound, to me at least has the best villain in the entire (laughs) series he is so creepy he is poking bullets back through oh my god don't even (laughs) it upsets me he's Uh, no yeah and if it weren't for how well he was written and how the characters who were responsible like with and around him factored into that book i don't think it would be as good i like i said i don't think it's better than moon called but it is still pretty high up in my ranking. And who do we still miss from Mooncald? <laughs> we miss Mac. I miss Mac all the time. He was yeah. such a waste of potential. He should have became a pack member. Yes. Oh my god. He was. He's literally the best character that should have had at least three more books under his belt. I was so sad. All right. So, um, yeah. So we've actually met Patricia Briggs. Yes, we definitely have. Uh, I've She's gone cool. to two of her book signings and i've been to one and um but the first one that i went to you hadn't finished the series had you even started it if i had started it i was on book one okay i was not that far in so but after you decided you love the book so much we just said you know what this needs to be a thing every year we're just going to go to the signing and see patty and and tell her how great we think her books are and we went to the um one for storm cursed 
Yes, which is book 11. And um, we got to meet her. Um, what did you think? I enjoyed her a lot because I think my favorite thing about listening to her talk is that she she calls the people in her head who she writes about her imaginary friends. And she's like, I just love sharing my imaginary friends with all of you. And it really felt like she meant that. She had one of the pitfalls or really advantages of having a series this long is you have people who will fall out of love with it and you have people who will become so fervent they can't let go. And she appreciates the people who haven't let go. And she's it's almost like sometimes she's a little shocked by how much they are. She's like, oh my gosh, I didn't think there would be this many people. And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't think there would be this many people? This is great. And uh, I love that about her. So so to give you an idea, the, the first book signing that I went to for Silence Fallen was in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And we went to Okemos, Okemos Michigan. Michigan. No one has ever yeah. heard of ever. I don't I'm think sorry, the people Okemos. in Okemos know that they're, they're there. Like, where is it? Um, <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> and the worst steak. Oh, my God. Uh, so, you know, we get out and do this once a year. It's like, hey, let's go to a nice place and get a good meal. And so didn't know where to go. We asked at the front desk of our hotel, hey, where's a good place to get dead cow? And they said, oh, yeah, right at the end of the drive. And we went there, and it was a fancy place. They had, their menus, badass. There has never been a place with more badass menus than so that they were. House. they were like on tablets, right? Yeah, they're like, yes, we're <clears> going to have this entire fancy menu on one tablet just for you. And everyone <laughs> will get a separate tablet. It won't just be one. But uh, And then they, they brought out really great cuts of meat cooked really well and bland as freaking there cardboard no seasoning in the midwest we season the shit out of our steak and that was ridiculous uh, yeah. i was disappointed yeah i was uh i was looking around for at least salt and pepper holy cow yeah. the, um, the bread was okay the bread was good i liked their bread pretty well it would have been done better with super cheese but you know bread by itself is fine but yeah learn my lesson uh i'll i'll Try and figure something out on Yelp next time. They're probably fish people. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. They've got the Great Lakes. They're yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Steak. Um, but um, so my impression of Patty both times that I went was she was just really down to earth. And like you said, she appreciated the people that were there. Um, we, it, how long of a drive was it for us? Five. Five-ish hours. hours? Roughly. Uh, we were in the car for longer than that, but I mean, like we stopped and ate and stuff. Yeah. So it was probably closer to six or six and so, a half hours. Yeah, so, um, and we, they had a competition who, who came the farthest to see her. We were pretty close. We were close, but we, we didn't win. <laughs> didn't they come from like Montana or they, something? No, they came from St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. Yes. I thought so, they were further. Away. Which is like two hours on the other side of us. And we're like, hey. So I'm like, oh dang, cause they. Handed out a prize. I almost lied. <laughs> I almost lied. <laughs> I'm from Denver. I've <laughs> <laughs> like, I see your ID. Of course, if we'd done it. Oh, I was from Denver. I haven't had my license changed yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, she's a really sweet uh, person and very giving of her time when she's on the road like that. Uh, if you have a chance to uh, go see one of her book signings, definitely recommend. Um, all right. Time for overall recommendations. Uh, it's a one through ten scale, no decimals. Tell people how we rate our stuff. Okay. So I use this system for pretty much any piece of entertainment. Theater, books, movies, TV, what have you. 
And for those of you who are not super YouTube savvy or don't get into the more niche movie video game side of YouTube, there's a YouTuber called Jello Apocalypse, and this is the rating system he uses. So a five, which is obviously directly in the middle, is just, it was a film. Not good, not bad. It existed. Four below, just know it's not great. It's probably pretty bad. Six is the first good rating. This is not like the American education system. Six is a good rating. You've seen it. It was good. If you never see it again, you'll probably be okay. But you're like, yeah. But you don't want your money back. Yeah, you don't want your money back. You're like, yeah, this was fine. Seven, maybe we'll watch it a couple times in the future. Recommend it to someone else. Be like, hey, this might be up your alley. Eight is just a solid movie, TV show, anything. This is good. Go see it. Nine is amazing. Absolutely recommend for one reason or another. Ten is something somebody has to watch, has to read for one reason or another. doesn't matter what it is because it's just that phenomenal. Okay. So that is our rating system. And your rating, uh, uh, not of uh, individual books, as a overall series, Mercy only. Well, no, I'll tell you what, Mercy verse. Okay. So Mercy verse, you would rate as a what? As a whole, Mercy Thompson, Alpha and Omega, all the short stories, everything in between, I would give it a nine. If you were just asking me to rate the Mercy books, it would probably be closer to an eight. Still up technically above eight, but since we don't do decimals, I would give it an eight. As a whole, it's worth a nine. I agree. I, I would say nine. Um, I don't think uh, that this is something that is, uh, uh, you know, like required reading. For instance, I think The Hobbit is a 10. And I would I would say that it should be on required reading lists in schools as an example of high fantasy. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I personally don't enjoy The Hobbit enough to give it a 10 f- subjectively. But there are things in The Hobbit that I think... Even if you don't want to read the whole Lord of the Rings series, I think everyone should read at least one Tolkien book. Uh, yeah, I So agree. I would definitely give it a 10 on, you should read this. And I'm even willing to say that Fellowship was a better book than The Hobbit I was. enjoyed Fellowship more than The Hobbit. But I think that um, because it's a open and closed story and it's so well written, that it's a great example to, people should just read it. Yes, it, everyone, go read The Hobbit. Okay, so I, again, I I would also say a nine. So uh, we're at least on the same page there. So um, uh, anything else that we really haven't covered? I think we covered it, man. So uh, guys, we're we're still really new at this, and we're we're learning how to do it. Uh, So I'm getting a, I swear I'm getting a channel to get, or a a website together so I can get some feedback from everybody. But... uh, We'd love to hear comments. Um, you know, if you're listening to this sometime in the future and um, get back to us, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. I don't know that we'll change anything, but hey, we'd love to hear from you. So um, that's it for us in the Mercy Thompson series overview. Um, I'm the past. And I'm the prologue. And we thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>